Hello, cleaning buddies. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Lynn, and today we're doing a 15-minute clean, and we're going to be talking about, um, I guess we're going to say failure. Um, probably better title would be overcoming or coming back from failure, um, or just resolving to continually keep on going even when you do fail, um, because to be completely honest, I'm probably one of the worst housekeepers around. Um, but the thing about it is I keep trying and I keep looking for um, better ways to do things and improve on what I've figured out works for me so far. And in doing that, it's actually not so bad. I can usually um, get my place in shape pretty fast now. And I just want to be able to share those tips and tricks with you guys. But I did want to talk a little bit about um, kind of my journey getting there because I used to be such a, I don't know if the word would be skeptic. It's not really skeptic, but it's like, um, you know, I've always been into self-improvement and getting um, to be the best me that I can be. I've read a lot of books. I've done a lot of work on myself and early on, like, I'd say very early 20s, one thing that I would do is, let's say I would read a book by somebody or um, let's take relationships because that's actually where a lot of this started. Um, I got married at 18, which was so stupid, um, <laughs> but I was not really, um, I didn't like the way that turned out. And I don't know where I got this wisdom from, but I realized that if I didn't work on myself, that I was going to continue to go after the same kind of people and have the same kind of relationship and have the same kind of failure in my relationships. So I kind of started um, looking for advice and finding um, books and things to read to improve myself. Um, one of the things that started happening was that I would read something by somebody and then come to find out that they had gotten divorced or something, you know, had some kind of relationship failure or if it was a money book that they had gone bankrupt or whatever. And I would instantly be like, oh my gosh, why am I listening to this person? Because they are a failure at relationships. How can they help me at all? And uh, that was kind of my mindset for a while. And then, I don't know, it didn't take me too long to figure this out because um, I think what happened is that I ended up reading something by a person who had never had any relationship issues. And they were like writing a book about how to have the perfect relationship and this and that. And as I was reading it, I was like, wait a minute, this person's been with the same person since they were like 16 years old and they live in super happy, wonderful land and they never have any problems. And it hit me like, this is not the person that I need to get advice from because obviously there's something in the dynamic of their relationship or their personalities that makes them very well suited for each other and they don't have any problems. So this person can't tell me anything that's going to work for me because this person doesn't have the problem that I have. Um, so when I realized that, I was like, wow, I've been writing off so many people that would have so much to share um, one person off the top of my head that I can think of is um, Dave Ramsey and his book, Total Money Makeover. Um, that really changed the way that I looked at money and, and saved and spent and all that kind of stuff. And he's a person that lost everything and came back from that. 
So let's see, who would I rather take advice from? Somebody who's always scrimped and saved and never had any, uh, you know, never took out loans and I'm taking advice from that person or the person who did all the things that I'm doing wrong and came back from them. Um, that person has more to share as far as I'm concerned. So that's kind of how I feel about this podcast is that I have never been very good at cleaning. Um, at least, I mean, I'm being good at cleaning is not hard. You know, you just have to be able to like fill a bucket with water and soap and mop your floors or spray something and clean it. So that's not what I mean, but like a consistent routine for me has always been an issue. Um, finding ways to be motivated to do stuff, uh, that kind of thing. I will say that one thing that has always been part of my personality is that eventually I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. And I kind of thought everybody was like that, but I guess not because my kids, um, a couple of my kids are not that way. They could just handle mess, mess, and more mess. I don't think it would ever bother them at all. Um, even with consequences, it's like they're so anti-cleaning that taking away all of their electronics does not motivate them to earn them back. You know, I mean, that's pretty bad. So, um, I'm having to learn different methods for them and I'll obviously, um, share some of that and how it works for me, um, in the podcast. But, um, yeah, so I do have a little bit of a, um, drive when I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I can't handle this anymore. Um, that was definitely, um, something that I didn't think was unique to me, but maybe, I mean, and obviously it's not unique just to me, but there are people who don't have that drive. Um, so the one time that I, um, really surprised myself and was able to do it on a consistent basis was, um, at one point I was in the hospital for about a week and, uh, they were kind of like, we kind of figured out what was wrong, but they were like, I don't know. And I wasn't like, I was able to move around. I wasn't like confined to the bed or anything like that, but it was like, what's going on? You know, I needed to be monitored and had to have like different treatments and stuff. Um, and I felt like I had no control over anything in my life. It just felt like every, you know, even like, am I going to, are they going to figure out what's going on with me? Am I going to be okay? Um, that kind of thing. The only thing that I had control over was that room and how it was kept. And I kept that room spotless. Like people would come over, you know, my family would come see me during the day and then leave at night and they would leave garbage and food wrappers and, you know, move the furniture around and stuff like that. And every day when they would leave or every morning when I got up, I would put everything back where it belonged. I would make my bed, I would get dressed and I would, you know, sit there waiting for, okay, what tests are we doing today? Cause it was something like every day. And I even had the nurses were coming in and asking me if I was in the military. And I was like, no. Um, and I really, at that time didn't know why I was being successful with that, but it was because, um, it was the only thing at that time that I felt like I had any control over. Um, so there's that. Um, of course that, need for control can also, um, sabotage your efforts to, you know, keep things the way that you want, because that's always been a thing with me whenever my kids are, um, leaving messes around and I've just cleaned that area and here they come behind me leaving stuff. And it's like, 
okay, I thought I had that under control, but obviously there are other people that can do things that mess up my hard work. Um, so in the past, it's been kind of like, that's when I just give up. But I, I think I discussed this in one of the other episodes talking about, um, letting people know what you need them to do. And so instead of just being like that, cause I realize that it doesn't help me cause it makes me upset for them to do that. And then it also doesn't, um, serve them because they're not learning to pick up behind themselves. So even though it's more work for me, I've been making effort to call them back to whatever it is and make them take care of it. Um, the other day, and they fail too sometimes, the other day um, I had my, uh, I keep wanting to say my youngest, which my youngest now is the baby, but when I say youngest, I mean the youngest mobile child that I have. Um, she was supposed to unload the groceries that I just had delivered, and then my older daughter was supposed to load the dishwasher because her sister had actually already unloaded it. So I come back into the kitchen and there was still groceries. She did put up the, gro- I said, you know, like get the um, milk and the cold stuff and whatever and put that in the refrigerator. Um, but she didn't, like we had a can of biscuits that didn't get put up and some other things that belonged in the fridge. And it was like, you know, that belongs in the fridge, but you just did exact, you know, you did the only things I highlighted. So I made her come back and take care of that. And then I made my older one come back because she had not finished loading the dishwasher. Um, but I realized that she had, there was an issue for her because she does not like to get, just like me, I'm the same way. I don't like to get gross stuff on my hands. And I'd had a pair of um, those, I don't know what they're called. I guess they're like dish gloves is what I would call them. It's like the plastic yellow coated whatever. Uh, I did not realize that she had been using those all this time to unload the dishes, but that's what she'd always used. And, uh, my husband had been doing something outside and on his car and needed something to keep from burning his hands. That was all I could think of. So I gave him those and that's why she has not been finishing the dishes, but I didn't realize that. So I pointed her in the direction of some other gloves and then she was able to do what I needed her to do. So, um, I guess communication, especially when it comes to you know, failing at housework with family members, communication could be one of your issues. So you definitely want to look at that. Um, but I really feel like failure is only a problem if you don't learn something from it or you don't change your ways to fix it. Um, and what really inspired me to talk on this today was that it is now, or it was about 1230 in the afternoon today. And I had just gotten a shower um, because my baby is just not cooperating with sleeping today. She is now, although I hear, uh, I've heard her a couple times um, getting ready to wake up. Um, But it's just been one of those days where what I had planned on doing is not happening. And at first I was like really stressed out about it. And I was, um, you know, just like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Why won't you go to sleep? And I realized that, you know, um, okay, it's not working. She's not going to go to sleep or, I mean, I guess eventually she's going to have to go to sleep. She would sleep on me, but when I would put her down, she would immediately wake up. Um, so the first thing that I did was just resign myself that this day is just not going to go the way I want it to. And the minute I did that, I kid you not, she went to sleep. I still wasn't sure if she was going to stay asleep when I put her down, but she did that time. And I think changing my 
um, level of stress about the whole situation actually caused her to calm down and be able to go to sleep and stay asleep. So um, I really think there's some kind of stress parent baby connection. Um, And this is, I don't know if this is true for anybody, it would be interesting to find out how many people went through the same thing. But I've noticed a lot of people, their first child um, turns out to have colic. And I've always wondered, my first child had colic as well. I've always wondered if first babies having colic might somehow be related to parents being stressed out with their first baby and not knowing what to do. Um, you know, getting upset when they cry and uh, not upset like mad, but just, you know, like, what do I do? What do I do? Um, I've always wondered that. It'd be interesting to find out if there's any way of, you know, like figuring out if those two things are linked. But I, the number of people I see that their first child has colic and then none of the other kids have it is kind of interesting. I know some people, it's like a gastric genetic thing. So I know that there's people that do have multiple children with colic, but I've just noticed a lot of first babies have it. Um, so, and that's really the only difference between my first and second was I was not as stressed out. And with this one, I'm even less stressed out. I mean, it's just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, you see those little memes about, uh, like your third or fourth kid and it's like, yep, it's true. Um, to an extent, I mean, I'm not going to let her go eat dirt or anything, but so I guess that's, you know, I didn't want to be like, okay, this is about failure. And like, I don't consider myself a failure, even though I've failed at lots of things. I feel like every time that I failed at something, um, oh, and we're down to about one minute. I'm sorry. I was supposed to give you a heads up a little, I wanted to give you a heads up at five minutes, but I totally blew that one. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't consider myself a failure, even though there's days that I still fail at getting things done. And, um, definitely since the baby's been here looking around my house, I'm like, this is the worst it's ever been. And, uh, but you know, why? Well, because there's a new baby and there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of, um, figuring out to do that goes along with that. So you have about 30 seconds on your 15 minutes and uh, hopefully you've gotten a lot accomplished in your space. Um, I hope that this talk has maybe motivated you to feel better about anything that you haven't been able to do yet and uh, given you some ideas for changing that around. But I'm going to go ahead and end here at 15 minutes and uh, good luck to you on your cleaning journey. Thanks for listening. You guys have a good day. Bye.